your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you, my dear friends. Isn't it just an exquisite way to boost your Monday listening to the Healthy Steps radio show here on WMNF Tampa, the only station that is streamed in Palookaville, and you can stream us as well at WMNF.org. Today, Dr. Harvey has gifted us with another Ask Me Anything Monday component of the Healthy Steps radio show. So you know what has to be done in here. I'll make it easier for you than falling off of a log. You can just ask your questions. You can unburden yourself by simply dialing 813-239-9663. Irene expressly came in today looking forward to taking your call. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Well, good morning to you, Dr. Harvey, and let me tell you, I always feel like we're walking in tall cotton whenever you haven't asked me anything Monday. Your listeners are the best in the world, and when they ring us up, they do so much more than just put Irene to work. They animate this show with a vigor that is the envy of the airwaves. So let me stop my chin wagon here, Dr. Fred, and let you crank it up and see where this show goes. I love to hear that Monday chin wagon there, Bill. <laughs> uh, happy Monday to all. Thank you. And uh, hope you all had some good sleep. The uh, cool weather tends to help that a bit. And, you know, um, there is a real need for, for deep sleep. Just came across an interesting article in the neurology journal from the American Medical Association. And... It mentions that there is a definitive association between slow wave sleep loss and dementia. Slow wave sleep. What is that stuff? That is your deepest sleep. Happens to be really the least amount of time you spend under, so to speak. Um, It is maybe 10 to 20% of your night. Uh, Most of your night is in light sleep. And then you have another 20 to 30% that's in REM sleep. REM is the rapid eye movement stage where you're actually processing your day and doing your dreaming. But the deep sleep, that's the restorative stuff. That's where the body goes into rest and repair mode. And the brain really needs that help to clean out some of the damage that's been left behind, some of the oxidative stress. And sleep deprivation actually increases the oxidative stress in the brain. And one of the things we know about getting that deep sleep and getting into sleep itself is the chemical melatonin. Melatonin is a very good antioxidant. And if we have our uh, eyes subjected to blue light after 11 p.m., it tends to be that we decrease the amount of melatonin produced. If we go to sleep after midnight, we really plummet the amount of melatonin produced. And so getting to sleep is not as easy and we don't get that restorative antioxidant effect of the melatonin to help clean out some of that um, 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 
you know, day's work, so to speak. And so they looked at people from the Framingham Heart Study. This is a study that started back in the late 60s. Um, and they they found 346 participants. They followed from um, something like 1995 through through 2020 to 2023. And um, they found that when they... Uh, controlled and looked for um, um, uh, age, sex, uh, uh, positivity for the ApoE4 uh, uh, gene. That's the one that predisposes you to getting Alzheimer's dementia, smoking, uh, sleep medication use, antidepressant use, anxiety medication use. Um, and, and so they controlled for those factors because they all have an issue in creating dementia. But when they controlled for all those, they found that there was a 27% increase in dementia um, per year of uh, lost sleep, lost slow wave sleep or lost deep sleep. And so that's really big, you, you, about a quarter increased in, in incidence, 1.27 times your control. So sleep, it's critical. And, you know, so I already mentioned turning off your, your video screens and your uh, uh, bright blue lights, putting blue blocker glasses on maybe in the evening uh, but definitely get your lights off by 11 in bed before midnight to get that melatonin. But another thing that we know that interferes significantly with sleep, especially deep, slow wave sleep, is alcohol. Uh, even one ounce can do it. And so abstention from alcohol uh, before sleep is not a bad idea. In fact, abstention from alcohol all around is not a bad idea, considering that even one ounce a day has been associated with increased risks of cancer. And so we really need to pay attention to um, those influences on our sleep. And and another thing we want to do is um, really try not to be doing too much aggressive exercise or other things in that hour or two before sleep. Reading is a good thing. Listening to some soft music. And um, I think we have some engagement already, Bill. Indeed we do. We've got George, but I'm going to take a second here and support our underwriters. Support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and the Times Festival of Reading on Saturday, November 11th. The festival brings authors writing about today's compelling topics and most read fiction for discussions about their books. This year, the Times Festival of Reading will be at the Palladium in St. Petersburg. More information at festivalofreading.com. That's one word festivalofreading.com. Okie dokie. And George, you've been waiting patiently. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks, Bill. Um, this is George. I called in about five weeks ago about stomach pain. And um, Dr. Fred, you told me to get on a low histamine diet. I did my research. I've been on the diet for five weeks. And dude, you rock. I'm <laughs> All my symptoms are gone. All my symptoms are gone, and that includes heart, heart palpitation, itchy skin, knee pain. I'm not tired. I, my, I detailed every inch of my house. It's sparkling. It's just uh, no head fog, no wonky feelings, no fluctuation in temperature, uh, hot flashes. It's just unbelievable, dude. I love you, man. Thank you for this beautiful Monday morning lift up. I'm uh, glad you're feeling yeah, great. Well, here's a nice analogy. For you. One way to root, surely ruin the engine of a car back in the day was to pour sugar in a gas tank. Yeah. Well, well, if you if you slowly added sugar in your gas tank, 
you wouldn't really notice it, but you'd be, you'd, your car would have these little symptoms, you know, but you would think, oh, well, I don't know what that is, but you just keep driving it. And that's what we do, you know, starting with uh, Halloween, when we're little children, we start poisoning ourselves right away, and it all adds up. And then, then eventually you have all these allergies and symptoms come up, and you go, oh, well, gee, I don't know what that is. And that's what it is, dude. That's what it is. And I know, love it. I've got confidence, but my momentum is just jamming, I'm, and I'm feeling really good. I can walk straighter. I can I can lift heavier things. Um, I can. Uh, my neuropathy is my knee pain is gone. It's just unbelievable, dude. You rock. Yes. And as this, uh, this radio station is a lifesaver, and uh, I, it had me in tears this morning listening to um, Amy Goodman. By the way, um, yes. I do have a I do have a question for you. Uh, uh, what about soy? Soy? Um, well, most soy in this um, country is poisoned. Uh, 97% or something is actually uh, GMO and actually uh, Roundup ready. So it's heavily sprayed with herbicides and pesticides. And so um, it's probably not worth eating. However, if you get organic, clean soy, um, and it's not fermented. That's the other thing. Fermented soy oh. is going to actually trigger the histamine issue. But, oh. um, you know, some organic uh, tofu is not a bad thing in, in this situation. It's actually a, a healthy food as long as you don't abuse it. It actually has yeah. some beneficial aspects of modifying the way our body listens to the signal of our sex hormones. It's It actually kind of reduces the effect of estrogen on the body because it blocks the estrogen receptor. It kind of acts like a natural tamoxifen and likely reduces the risk of some breast and uterine cancer. May even okay, modify crazy, prostate. I got another crazy question I asked my doctor about. It, she had no clue. I swear, I get this popping sound. I'm not sure if it's after I eat or not, but it sounds like... It's like a little popping. It sounds like a water dri dripping. Is, is that... Is that part of my gastro system? What is it? Where, where, where is this popping sound coming from? It sounds like it's coming from, like, my chest, like coming up from my, my esophagus or something. I oh. don't know. Yeah, you may have some some bubbles, you know, coming up your esophagus, sort of a reflux of some air. I mean, it's like a, a mini belch, maybe. That's what I figured. Okay. Um, anyway, dude, I am on it. I am on it. Um, Excellent. Hey, George, um, since you love the station so much, if you haven't yet, consider becoming a member and, and get on the tip jar today. <laughs> okay. Hey, I got one other thing I want to say. I'm going to go visit my friend Ryan down there in Seminole. He's going to show me how to do a thousand breaths. Beautiful. Yep. And breath work does help your reflux too. <laughs> and uh, you guys, friend, thanks a lot, Bill. You guys are awesome. Have a good one. Our pleasure. Thank you, there, George. Bye-bye. All right. And I've got a uh, anonymous caller here. Good morning to you. Hello, anonymous. Oh, yes, Kai. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a quick question. I just wondered, um, well, I won't be able to hear it properly on the radio because um, I'm on my phone, so I guess I'll just try and listen to the recording. But I just wondered what you thought was helpful for um, SIBO, um, and it's the hydrogen-based uh, type of SIBO. 
So small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is a syndrome. Uh, we call it SIBO, and it is an imbalance of the flora in your belly, and it can result in all kinds of symptoms. I think uh, uh, many people have uh, um, uh, created a label for it in the past. Gastroenterologists have called it um, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, but in actuality, um, it is uh, related to the way we feed our um, our um, uh, guts, and and so uh, feeding them the right things really helps. So a low FODMAP diet, F-O-D-M-A-P, reduces the amount of starches and sugars that feed the um, um, the wrong bacteria in the gut. So so you want to go to the um, uh, a low FODMAP to stop feeding them. Uh, there are some herbs that you could do, um, and definitely antibiotics. It's probably worth it to actually uh, work with someone who is, um, um, you know, uh, understanding of the nature of SIBO. Often, uh, gastroenterologists simply um, do repeated antibiotic treatments rather than a, a more broad based approach, which it often is necessary because they've shown that repeated antibiotic treatments is often uh, necessary when you don't do the rest of the picture. Okay. And would you be able to tell me some of those herbs or supplements, natural supplements? Uh, well, it's quite a quite a wide variety of them, and um, things like dysbiocide or biocidin. Um, uh, Biotics Research has things, um, and so no, I, I won't give a protocol, but I will suggest that there are things out there you can do. And one of the first things is to change your diet. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're so welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okie dokie. We've been waiting for Ann here. Good morning, Ann. Hi, good morning. This Hi. question is about sleep. Um, for several years, I've had a problem with, um, well, I can always fall asleep, but I don't stay asleep. So a couple of years ago, my... Um, doctor prescribed a old-fashioned antidepressant doxepin to take at bedtime and that keeps me asleep but I, I don't really want to take something like that so a year ago I tapered myself off but then I was right back to waking up around four in the morning and not going back to sleep and since I go to bed at 10 it's almost enough sleep but it really isn't because I don't feel rested. So I'm wondering, I I would like to taper myself off again of the doxepin, but is there a supplement that you could recommend instead of... Well, are you, are you pre or post menopause? Post. Okay. So in the post menopause uh, uh, ages, um, progesterone is usually quite reduced and progesterone is a beneficial hormone that helps maintain good sleep. And so uh, I find many women get a lot of benefit from adding progesterone to their regimen at night, um, usually in the oral form, which is a prescription, but topical progesterone is available at health food stores. Okay, that's really interesting. How, I mean, how much would I know how to use if I, if I got the topical? 
Well, I think that it would be great to consult with a functional medicine doctor to actually assess your hormone levels and see whether maybe you need others as well. But um, uh, you can consult with a local um, pharmacist at one of the compounding pharmacies who actually dispense this and they're allowed to dispense it over the counter and counsel you. Or you could talk to a functional medicine doctor about dosing. Okay, great. Thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. Okie dokie, we've gone quiet around here, so I'm going to give on out the phone number again and remind folks that you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And he's going to be taking calls. Give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Back to you there, doctor. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was interesting that um, the uh, station break and uh, um, the sponsor uh, is a is a book uh, event. And I had just mentioned for sleep, it might be a good idea to do a bit of reading before bed to calm the brain down and allow it to slip into sleep. Great yeah, truly, that was perfect. And um, I think uh, supporting a, a book sale uh, is brilliant because um, when I, I was uh, uh, reading something interesting uh, at one point, uh, a, a philosopher uh, that I follow periodically, and I'm blanking on and exactly who it was, had thought that it was very interesting that we're seeing a lot of um, tattoos that include uh, extensive verbiage. And he made the uh, uh, um, interesting uh, observation that we're seeing much more text on bodies in a time where illiteracy is actually on the rise in America. I just read an article that we are 125th in terms of national literacy. 125th. What is exceptional exceptional about America um, that the wealthiest nation on the planet has the 125th um, um, literacy rate? That's that's pretty frightening to think that in a nation that's supposed to be educated, our our school system has been undermined so effectively for the last several decades that we're not teaching people to read. The actual survey said that uh, Americans are reading. Uh, uh, at under the sixth grade level on average. That's not a good place to be. That's that's showing our national health is at serious risk. Um, and I think we should refocus on what we're actually attempting to teach and how we're undermining teachers because this is really uh, the future of America. If we're not going to pay attention to educating our youth uh, rather than simply uh, indoctrinating them, it's it's not a very safe place to be. And um, that said, um, we have a lot of irritations going on that, that can stimulate us so that we don't get good sleep. Um, and meditation is another way to actually uh, uh, help get some good sleep. Blowing off some cortisol and some adrenaline by doing some heavy duty exercise during the day is also good. Um, 30, 20 to 30 minutes a day of just walking is enough to, outside especially, to get that sun is enough to shift the way your body deals with um, uh, shutting down at the end of the day. If you get some early morning sunlight, it's more likely you're going to make good melatonin at night. You have a clear shift in the the diurnal function of your physiology, and it's really, really useful. 
In other news, um, I saw something really interesting about uh, red meat that's been a, a target a lot recently um, um, and and just published this month in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition is some good news for red meat eaters. They found absolutely no association um, in data from older adults, mean age 63, 53% women in a multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries, they showed that none of the usual um, inflammation markers like C-reactive protein um, or uh, interleukin-2 or interleukin-6, fibrinogen, homocysteine, tumor necrosis factor alpha, all these things actually showed no relation to red meat. But there is one that does, and that is called glutamine. And glutamine is actually a really important amino acid that supports health throughout the body, but higher glutamine was associated with lower CRP, but that was also associated with lowered amounts of red meat intake. So lowered red meat increases glutamine, decreases C-reactive protein indirectly. Um, so the biggest takeaway though is your BMI. If you're overweight, the red meat affects you. If you're normal weight, this is the finding, this is the most important piece is that if you're already set up for inflammation with obesity, with overweight, with adipose tissue, you're gonna get the problems from red meat. And this is likely to have it with everything else going on in your system. So we've got a lot of callers apparently who yeah. are very interested today. We got a full bank going here. Let's get started with Angela. Good morning, Angela. Hi. Hey. I'm just, I'm calling in because I've been struggling with uh, long COVID for like maybe three years now. And wow. I get, like, my blood, like, channels are back and they're like finally normal. Um, everything is like seemingly normal. I just have still some, a little bit of chest constriction. So I haven't been able to like work out or overexert myself for a few years. And I just, um, wondering if you guys have any like life hacks for that at all. Um, I've been taking quercetin and glutathione and zinc and vitamin C and eating pretty well and sleeping well. And just nothing's really shifted. Um, well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of the right things. Um, not knowing what you, what panels you're talking about, and what actually lab results are. I, I don't have a lot of specific uh, ideas, but one thing I know that actually helps to rebuild your your chi, to rebuild your energy, um, is qigong. Um, the subtle exercise of qigong really helps to motivate your mitochondria and help to wake the body back up. Oh, interesting. Never thought of that one. Yeah, it's a gentle exercise. It doesn't stress out the body. It actually nourishes it. And there's different ways of doing it. There's nourishing Qigong, therapeutic Qigong. And then there, there's more um, aggressive, more yang Qigong um, that works more towards Tai Chi and then the martial arts. You'd stick more with the energetic, nourishing Qigong to build you up. Okay, cool. I'll try that. Give that a try. Find a good instructor and go, or do it on YouTube. Um, there's lots of good information out there. I th I'd start with that because you're already doing a lot of other things. And then if it's not enough, get to a functional medicine doctor to see if you can find some more details. Okay, awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Very good. Thank you there, Angela. And Linda, good morning to you, Linda. Yes, I'm still here. Hi. Hi, good morning. Um, it's a pleasure getting a chance to speak or 
pre- uh, present my my dilemma um, regarding cholesterol. Um, I'm five feet eleven. My BMI is perfect. My blood pressure is fine. My my triglycerides are low. My HDL is high. My insulin is perfect. Um, however, two uh, and I have there's three other factors. Um, the, the ApoB LDL is quite high according to my doctors and my cardiologist standards. I do have hypothyroidism, um, but all is it controlled? The hypo yes, I do have it controlled, um, and I have normal kidney function. Everything else, I just had my echocardiogram. My heart is perfect, but my doctor and my cardiologist insist that I need to be on statins, and I do not want to go on them. They said my type of LDL is just genetic and inherited, and there's nothing Hmm. I can do about it, and I need to go on statins. What's your LDL number? My my LDL right now is, it's like 160. That's right at the... um let's treat this kind of cutoff for almost all doctors. Um, So have you had an LP little a test, lipoprotein A? No, I've only had the B. So LP little a is different from ApoB or ApoA. Um, LP little a drives ApoB. If you don't have an LP little a, lipoprotein A that's elevated, then you don't have the genetic ApoB problem. And so you can fix that with different things. So uh, foundationally, 20 to 30 minutes a day of movement, outdoors especially. Okay. Are you getting that? Uh, not outdoors. I've been, I've been, I used to play tennis, but I can't play anymore. I've been just working out in the gym. That's all. What's, what, is your, what is your aerobics on a daily basis? Um, well, it was spin class. It was um, uh, doing the elliptical machine. Uh, uh, um, and then I had some back issues, so I've not been able to exercise regularly. But it usually consisted of um, the spin classes, uh, doing aerobics, doing light wakes, and then stretching at the end. So walking is the best exercise you can do for your back. And so okay. I would say walk 20 to 30 minutes daily and you'll be working on the ApoB. And then another thing you can look at is the Boston Heart test called cholesterol balance. Boston Heart Labs can tell you whether you actually make more in your liver or absorb more from your gut or maybe do both because there are different tactics to deal with different things. You can drop the ApoB using niacin. You can do it with fiber. Um, You can do it with Zetia so you don't need to take a statin. There's so many options, but um, you need someone who's willing to look at some deeper labs and to think outside the box. Yes. Okay, um, and and I, I like the, the the comment about also with the 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 qigong, which I'm going to be working on that as well because I just recently have been feeling better, but I did have long COVID for about a year. Uh, I'm mm. feeling better now, but I but I am going to start doing the qigong and then walking outside. I can go to the beach easily and walk excellent in the mornings. But thank you so much for your advice. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Have a great day and good luck with that exercise. Thank you so much. Okie dokie. I've got a couple people in the queue, but let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hi, doctor. Speaking of sleep. Hey, Chris. Hi, good morning. Uh, Search term online, do a web search of electromagnetic fields, melatonin, pineal, or the pineal gland, 
and uh, they found that the harmful electromagnetic fields are causing loss of sleep due to lack of production of uh, melatonin. And um, I won't mention any of them because there's so many, but uh, from my own experience, uh, well, first, I'll, I will mention that uh, they theorized that the pineal gland or the third eye perceives these electromagnetic fields as light, so suppresses melatonin production. And uh, Yes, well, that is real. It's all, it's all energy fields are perceived as light because they all are light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, they are. And uh, from my experience, uh, there's an emotional tension of hearing these, while well, I hear these pulses, there's a moment of relaxation between the pulses before it's as if, well, here we go again, and it's so much emotional tension. So uh, what I just want to advise is that uh, while, while learning to be still, while focusing attention on your third eye and, and your heart allows one to be a transceiver for God's limitless uh, loving uh, chi or prana or orgone or Holy Spirit, and that's necessary uh, in sustaining and healing. It also displaces harmful energies, but at the same time, we must shield from and uh, stop these harmful EMFs from cell phones, cell towers, uh, wireless routers, cordless phones, the baby monitors, uh, garage door openers, power lines, power stations. Uh, it's so true. It's and everywhere. And and we've really polluted our environment with all these extra waves. Um I don't know what evolutionary push it's actually doing, but it's part of the whole deal. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Mother Nature expressly rejects these energies, and insects are among those who are most in pain and despair. And most people have no sense, as I do, of the emotional tension of these electromagnetic fields and pulses that are designed to do harm when you do the research, the frequencies at which they pulse. So. People seek refuge in unhealthy habits, including government that has been hijacked to degrade our spirits. Yes, but there are some answers out there. You can actually get some Faraday uh, 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 barriers for your bed, your room, your head, your body, your phone. And so, yeah, look up Faraday uh, cages for phones and things. I think that's a really good place to start. You can get things to actually deflect some of these rays. And another thing I always mention for better sleep, keep your electronics out of your bedroom. They interfere even if they are in silent mode. And uh, Yeah, and I've got a list. Uh, if you want to check out a list of some of these retailers, they're on the links page at my site at theliberationstation.com. There's a section on EMS and EMPs, so that's uh, the Excellent. link at theliberationstation.com. Yeah, I think it's worth checking out because we all need protection all the time. Thank you, Chris. we got yeah. five more on the line, I believe. We also don't want to shield from the beneficial uh, ray. That's true. From the sun, so we need to stop it at the source, but in the meantime, we need to gain the strength to protect ourselves. Thank you. Take yes. care. Have a great week, Chris. All right, and indeed, we've got Bill waiting patiently, but I know you've gotten a huge wheelbarrow full of emails, and I'm going to take a second to remind folks that you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, and you're still entitled to call us and participate at dialing 813-239-9663 or continue to send those emails to dj at wmnf.org. And here is Bill. Good morning, Bill. Yo. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got the phone on at the same time here. Um, I was wondering, I took a bad fall. I've ha I had a knee operation, and that wasn't so bad. But I took a bad fall, 
and fractured a uh, the uh, uh, the, the spine the spine the uh, what you call it. <laughs> I fractured the uh, one of my uh, one of my vertebrae. One of the vertebrae. There you go. Uh-huh. Got to take some more memory drugs, but. I, I, I was wondering what I can do to heal that from the inside. There's, I, I, I was wondering that, and somebody said something last week about vitamin K, or I heard that someplace, and they said that would work uh, as far as uh, the vitamin K attracts calcium to maybe bad, bad places in your body or places that need healing. So vitamin K and vitamin D both help with uh, uh, calcium metabolism. And so I would recommend you take both vitamin okay. D3 and vitamin K. And also um, a good uh, calcium source is from bone calcium, calcium hydroxyapatite. Um, and and uh, I would suggest you get a good calcium supplement. But protein is what actually heals the bone the most and the fastest. So um, you want to get uh, uh, probably a half gram to three quarters gram of protein per pound of your body weight a day. Um, so, you know, if you weigh 150 pounds, you're looking at somewhere between 75 and 100, 120 grams of protein to really build your bones up. Glutamine, as I mentioned before, uh, as a as possibly an anti-inflammatory, glutamine is, is really uh, intensively used in gut health and bone health. So that might help to uh, uh, build up again. Um, exercise is really important too. So walking uh, will really help. Okay, that's something I do a lot of. Good. Okay. No, good. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Also, I have they gave me some uh, some drugs for uh, prostate. And I was wondering if you could uh, tell me the finasteride and um, well, finasteride actually interferes with the production of um, the active form of testosterone, um, dihydrotestosterone, and you need that to help heal bones faster, so it may actually slow down your bone healing. Oh, no fun. Okay, cool. I'll have to find something else, then i go back and see the practitioner soon. How about uh, Tamsulosin? Tamsulosin helps with the urinary flow, and it should not interfere with your bone health. Okay, okay, good. And uh, nifedipine for, uh, for high blood pressure? And nifedipine for high blood pressure shouldn't interfere with bone health either. Okay, okay, but it, and other than that, it isn't harmful at all. Or well, it's a medication you're taking for high blood pressure, which might right. be treated another way. Um, but if you need it, you need it. Okay, okay. Now they originally uh, prescribed two a day, and I found that that was eating up the magnesium and giving me cramps at night. So I went nah. down a day. I went to, to one a day, and it seems to be working. It's just, uh, what is it, 30 milligrams of, uh, of nifedipine. And That's a pretty good dose. I would actually um, talk with the doctor about changing doses, though. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll go see her pretty soon then. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're, always You're welcome. Informative, and you answered all my questions perfectly. I really appreciate that. Glad to. Um Support WMNF, if you would. Have a great week. Oh, I, I do, sir. Thank you very much. Beautiful. You Thank you for being there. Glad to. All righty. It has gone dark in here, and I'm going to give on out the number and give you a chance to look over some of those emails that have come on in. And remind folks, 
This is the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey on WMNF Tampa. And you got another 20 minutes or so, so give us a call at 813-239-9663 or continue to send those emails to dj at wmnf.org. What have you got for us, doctor? Well, Randy asks, after receiving the most recent COVID jab, I was wondering what caused the soreness of the muscle around the injection site. Well, that's classically an inflammation that is occurring due to the um, inflammatory materials that were injected into the arm. It's appropriate. You actually want your white blood cells to get pissed off and react to that foreign nasty substance that was injected. Um, I have great concerns about the lipid uh, nanoparticles that are in there because we know that phospholipids are associated with autoimmune disease and i just have great questions there um but uh yeah i think uh that's a normal reaction if you don't get that then you may mean that your immune system's not reacting uh let's see brian says uh do you have a recommendation on type and dosage of iodine for adults and children or by weight to be used in the event of nuclear radiation exposure um actually um I think everyone um, uh, should be getting around 100 micrograms, possibly more, possibly less. But the thing is, um, we are actually now, every day, getting exposed to nuclear radiation. And so daily doses of iodine are brilliant. I would suggest that everybody gets some nice organic seaweed snacks as a natural source of iodine get iodized sea salt as your source for salt rather than just plain old salt you want iodized sea salt you get a variety of minerals plus you get iodine um the uh uh Acute exposure, I think you can actually look that up online and find doses for that. But, you know, we're getting chronically exposed because of uh, Chernobyl and Fukushima um, and all of the, what was it, 2,200 nuclear bomb tests that our psychotic governments did for from from like 1950 on. Um, it, it's just crazy um, the amount of radiation that has been thrown into the atmosphere and we experience every day. The radioactive iodine is out there. The radioactive cesium is out there. Protect yourself every day. I think we have some callers. Uh, we've got a uh, pair of them, actually. I've got Andrew and Linda. Let's go to Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, yes, hello. Hi there. Hi. Um, uh, one of my major problem with me right now is... Um, which I've had all my life, uh, is chronic fatigue. And um, <clears throat> I've suffered from that immensely. And one of the things that I, my uh, problem is with candida, overwhelm. And uh, it seems like when I go on a yeast-free diet and I go on a uh, you know, uh, keto diet, I, I feel much better. The candida subsides. But as soon as I eat any, I mean, if I've gone on it for three months, six months, as soon as I eat any kind of carb or sugar at all, it like reacts immediately. Uh, and what's the reaction? What would be good for that? What's the reaction? Well, I start bloating up. I start uh, uh, with the chronic fatigue, um, complete the bloat. Uh, That's a really the bloating, bloating. That's really an important symptom. I wonder if you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um. 
I, I don't know. Have you been evaluated? No, I haven't. I'm a very care physician, but... Um, What's that? Yes, I have a primary care physician, but we never check that out. Uh, so um, have you seen uh, someone who deals with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or, or, or chronic fatigue syndrome as a specialist? Excuse me? Have you seen someone who is a specialist in chronic fatigue or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or uh, candida syndrome? Uh, I'll have to find somebody that's uh, involved with that. Because my so you've not seen primary... someone, you just see a primary care doctor? Yes. And... Yeah, they're not probably going to be very, very well versed in understanding your condition. Right. Um way of ridding yourself completely of candida overwhelm? Yes, I would say um, you need to get an evaluation and I would look up uh, Functional Medicine Florida or the Institute for Functional Medicine.org and uh, look for some further deep dive on your issues because this is not something to be solved by phone. However, if you try a low FODMAP diet and stick with a low FODMAP diet, you might find relief. However, I find that people don't need to use that forever if they do a more broad program and eliminate the underlying problem. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. All righty there. And let's go to Linda, who's been patient. Good morning, Linda. Hello. Hi there. Hi. This is Dr. Harvey. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a question, and it has to do with the time change. Yes. Um, I'm a retired teacher, and I've noticed for many years that the time change, no matter which direction it goes, really affects the school kids. It yes. It affects me. <laughs> very much and is there any advantage to this changing back and forth to a different time time change it, it seems to affect our sleep era. i think the advantage is um to the um um uh general system you know it helps to keep people imbalanced and upset and it helps to keep people looking for antidepressants and other medications but no really there is no benefit um there may have been a perceived benefit back when we lived in an agrarian society 200 years ago but at the current time it's actually a torture for the entire population and the spring forward lose an hour is deadly it actually increases uh car wrecks because of lack of ability to concentrate on the road it increases heart attacks and strokes it is a deadly absolutely stupid thing to do and if we spring forward next spring we can just guarantee that more people are going to die because of governmental stupidity no <laughs> this this is totally my opinion but i don't know what it's proven it's proven. The only thing you can do about it is continually write every representative you know in the federal government because it is the federal screw-up that won't allow states to make decisions. And even when they do, it has to be approved by uh, the, the government, especially in Florida, since we have two time zones of all ridiculousness. We should just give that end of Florida back to Alabama so we don't have to have two time zones in Florida. But <laughs> in, in reality... It's the worst possible thing our government could do to us twice a year. This is my 
upset twice a year. I have to go through this. Plus, we have to yes. everything in our lives. And it seems very, very detrimental to young people when... It's detrimental to everyone, and and older people die of heart attacks from it. So we should stop it. It's just stupid. We should stop it. I guess I better start writing people. Although I don't. Yes, know indeed. <laughs> Take care, my dear. Um, I think we have another caller. Thank you. We do. We've got Wyatt on the line here. Good morning, Wyatt. Hey, Doctor Fred. Great show as always. Thank you. Um, I've got a two-part question. One, if I'm trying to lose weight, do I want to eat a breakfast? Um, or should I just stick to my two, you know, uh, uh, medium-sized lunch, medium-sized dinner? Um, and uh, when I do have breakfast, I have uh, I usually get what's called a perfect bar. And I wondered if you were familiar with them um, and what your thoughts on that on the perfect bar was. Um, so uh, intermittent fasting is well known to help people lose weight. You don't have to limit it to two meals though. Um, you could do breakfast at 10, lunch at two and dinner at six. And that way you would have three meals if you would like that. Um, that's still intermittent fasting and it still will help you control your weight, especially if you finish dinner, you know, before uh, the sun goes down. And um if you wait a bit in the morning, uh, uh, after you get up moving, uh, you actually metabolize a bit better too. Um, as far okay. as the perfect bar, I don't know it, but I don't, I'm not really a fan of bars. Um, I actually like food. Um, so my, my breakfasts are going to be some, uh, organic pastured scrambled eggs with some organic spinach, maybe some gluten-free toast, um, a papaya with some raw cottage cheese in it. Um, you know, it, it's highly variable. Uh, I, oatmeal, I love oatmeal in the winter. Uh, um, and so uh, uh, grate an apple in with some oats and cook that with some cinnamon, and you've got a really tasty treat. All right. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. I think um, there were some callers that were wondering what George's condition was and how, how, what got better. So George, I believe, um, had uh, reflux, esophagitis or heartburn um, of a severe nature and lots of other symptoms that he was describing there. And um, so we did a low histamine diet, which means you take all the reactive histamine foods out that create acid and create reaction in the belly. And he got significant improvement. You know. Um, Things like vinegar, um, Roquefort cheese, um, uh, tomatoes, avocados, and um, uh, sauerkraut will all cause trigger in, in susceptible people a bunch of heartburn. And so that's an easy way to try and tackle it without having to take any kinds of uh, antacids. Okay. There's I a Go ahead. Do you have somebody online? No, I do not. Um, I know we've just got a couple of more minutes to go, so I was just going to say you should dig deep into that well of uh, emails that you've gotten. Oh, I got a few here. So um, um, here's one from Melinda. She asked about um, uh, can C, that's C A N hyphen C, uh, letter C, cataract eye drops. Um, it's actually an antioxidant called N-acetylcarnosine. It's a very good antioxidant, and it seems to help with traumatic cataracts more than the cataracts of aging. Um, but uh, I, I see no reason to not try them. Uh, they're a great antioxidant, and they might help with any 
oxidative stress going on in the eye. But the hype they have about getting rid of cataracts, I think, is more hype than anything else. Um, and uh, here's another one from Peter. Speaking of uh, meditation, I believe the pineal gland uh, in our brain department has a lot to do with one's general well-being. The pineal gland, definitely. Uh, the pineal, the um, uh, pituitary, and the thymus kind of work together to create your third eye from my perception. And that power triad is really um, our deepest connection to all of those uh, waveforms that are our reality. Um, the breath of the sun and the uh, uh, call of the giant supermassive black hole that is the creator and that being which holds together our entire galaxy. It yells at us every day. It's singing a song that's so loud that um, if you close your eyes and you're silent long enough, you might actually see it. <laughs> we have some callers. Indeed we do. They just kind of snuck in under the wire. I've got Judy, Mary, and Pete. Good morning to you, Judy. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, hi. Uh, quick question. Um, what is your take on methylene blue and its nitric oxide? That's methylene blue. Methylene blue is a methyl donor and it helps actually with uh, uh, oxidative stress. It may help actually uh, uh, recover people from um, uh, uh, certain uh, chronic conditions. Um, I have uh, seen it used uh, orally IVs. Um, and I had one uh, client who had chronic Lyme disease who reacted very poorly to Dapsone treatment, who actually uh, recovered very nicely with some methylene blue. So it's a, a useful tool. It's coming back into vogue after 50 years of being in hiding. My my particular interest in this as a heart patient, um, taking L-citrulline and L-arginine to uh -huh. increase nitric oxide. I think I'm saying that right. Nitric oxide. Yes. Um, to so, for what I understand, the methylene blue actually inhibits nitric oxide. So I I want to make sure that I'm not being counterproductive here. Well, that's actually a good question. I'm not really sure whether it does inhibit nitric oxide, but it's a great methyl donor, and I do uh, think it's got some potential. But honestly, um, I can't really give you specifics on it right now. Gotcha. Okay, well, you've done enough. Thank you. As soon as I get to the office, I'm going to make a small donation. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, have a good day. You too. So, is uh, Mary available? Indeed she is. Good morning to you there, Mary. Morning, Doc and other guys. <laughs> Hi there. Uh, I went through chemo and I got horrible neuropathy in my leg, which has caused me to not be able to work. And I did banquet work. And uh, my doctors just tell me, go home, get used to it. There's no cure. There's nothing. Ah, um, a nice attitude. Um, the hope stealers, I call them. Um, yeah. Well, there are some things you can do sometimes. Uh, neurologic injury from toxins like chemotherapy is sometimes difficult to recover from, but alpha-lipoic acid, uh, benfotiamine, which is activated thiamine, um, methyl B12, and methyl folic acid are all very, very effective at treating neuropathy and should be tried, um, I think, as a, a baseline to help fix the problem. Okay, I couldn't write quick enough. I got a little in my hand, too. But 
So I guess I can just listen back to the show and write those down. Go ahead and have a lovely day, Mary. Thank you, honey. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay, definitely the lightning round. few seconds left. Let's go to Pete, last caller. Pete? Hi, Doc. I'm the last caller. I won't take too much time. What causes eczema and uh, what, what food should I avoid for, for you know, eczema? So eczema, um, red, scaly, skin rash, um, actually doesn't have one cause, uh, but it's evident that you're having some... Uh, 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 stimulation to the immune system uh, that's showing up in the skin. So this could mean also that you have some irritation on the skin lining your gut. And that's where I would look first. So things you can do to uh, calm down gut inflammation, avoid gluten, avoid pasteurized dairy products, take probiotics, take glutamine, L-glutamine powder, a teaspoon of it four times a day is a really good healing uh, um, modality for the gut. Uh, fiber also is very good. Eating some of the beautiful winter squash that's available. I had acorn squash roasted yesterday. It was so delicious and it's got so much good fiber in it that it really helps your gut. So on that note, I'll have to say goodbye, and um, I'd like to thank Irene for screening all these callers, and Bill, thank you for your usual beautiful job of production in studio, and thanks you to all the uh, healthy steppers out there. Uh, let's come back next week for some more Ask Me Anything Monday. I think that's a great idea. I always love Ask Me Anything, and Irene wasn't in today, but I still want to let her oh. know that she was in our thoughts all day. And to all of our listeners, thanks for participating and listening to the show. Remember to find that tip jar on the WMNF page. And until next week, stay healthy. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Bill. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved. Thank you.